you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. It's the Good Morning Football Podcast, brought to you by ZipRecruiter, where you can post your job to all the top job sites with just one click. GMFB is here. We sponsored, baby. Yeah. Kay Adams. Hey, Nate mm-hmm. Burleson. Hey, what's up? ZipRecruiter, what's up? Zip them up. Peter, now, we have, now they have a slogan. They <laughs> yep. didn't even want one. What Good do you morning, got, Kay. How are we doing? This is Tony Romo week here at the, at the NFL Network. It I'm is. I disagree, Kay. This is Kyle Brandt. I think it's the Kay Adams birthday week. <gasps> and let me tell you something. <laughs> Okay, there's a text chain that you were not involved in that like was on fleek. We had it going yesterday. It was lit. Nothing to I, do with I it. saw that Nate Burleson seemed to give you some sort of present before the podcast started. Is that true? No. Is it, no? No. What was going on? I thought there was love or something. There was a, you gave him like a kiss on the cheek and said thank you. Did I miss that? I no, I was. He was. He's trying to charge me up all day. Oh, it's not harassing. He's, he's. He knows what he's doing. Here's the deal. We, you got to. We got to look in on this. So it's Kay's birthday week. I sent Kay a birthday present. Don't spoil it. I'm not spoiling it. I sent Kay a birthday present. Why are you spoiling this now? Like to my home? She doesn't have it yet. To my house? Yes. Okay. Yes, to your house. I sent it. Mm -hmm. Why would you tell her that? Why don't you let it be a surprise? I'm not telling her what it is. Okay. All right. And so yesterday, Schrager starts up the text chain. And he's like, well, we should, we should get something. We should go all in. And I go, I already sent Kay something. And these two, like, jumped me. Like, oh. Peter was furious about it, like, that I went rogue or something. Well, how like could that. you? I mean, what if we had forgotten yeah. it was her birthday? I, mean, I brought it up. Are you and not said, even going to tell them? Yeah. yeah. Like, well, I'm like, on the train I'm gonna, I'm and I just get it on my something. phone. I'm going to get Kay something and be the teacher's pet and get her an apple in the morning. Kay's the got, teacher? No, yeah, I, whatever it is. I'm no. on my phone and I just said, I, oh, I know it'd be fine. I knew it was your birthday. She told last week, and I'm like, I bet I could send her this. This would be great. So I just sent a few clicks away. Kay, nice no. guy I am. I'm not worried about you. Let's get Kay a gift. Yeah. And his, and his, and KB's response. Yeah, I already got her one. I did. Like, I didn't mean to come off that way. I didn't even think of you guys. And like, we have to go all in. You know what I'm saying? And here's the funniest part of the email chain, the text chain. Peter suggests a gift that we go all in, and he he goes, all right, so, you know, we all split it three ways, 300 bucks, and we go, okay, okay, and and Nate goes, okay, I'll bring 300 tomorrow, no problem, and we're like, Nate, you thought you meant 900 bucks, 300 a person, Nate was like, my baby K, whatever you need, I got you, girl. He made it as 300 a person, and and was cool with it, no problem. going to Italy? $1,000 gift, I got you. Well, I'm talking about emasculating me and Kyle, I'm like, like, who's going to write back and be like, it's a little rich for me, my blood, can we get it down to 150? And meanwhile, Peter is just teeing off on the gift that I got you, and I'm making fun of his gift, and it was going on, this is yesterday. Am I getting movies? Are you sending me movies? No, you might. I'm going to get you something that you're going to love and that Peter won't appreciate. No, we'll get to that. Peter won't appreciate this. Kyle Kyle ordered you three tickets to a Lowe's movie theater. I did, yes. Any movie you want this Extra goobers, too, yes. (laughs) Milk duds. (laughs) Right. So it's on, Kay. Love it. It is my birthday. I'm excited, guys. I'm training for the marathon, so I'm doing that after this podcast. I'm horrified. I did not realize people train for this, like, religiously, like they're studying for the bar exam. Yeah. And runners are they're their own breed of people. I don't know what it is, like the runner's high or whatever. Yeah. These people are wild. So I'm doing that. So if anybody has any advice for me, you can tweet me uh, at... Uh, when is the race? It's end of May in Chicago. It's the Chicago Half Marathon. So 13 miles. Right. End of May. Weather should be good. 
Decent, right? I guess, but then you're on a treadmill, and then you have to run outside, and it's like, what? I didn't... Wait, wait, wait. You start on a treadmill? Well, it's a train. A tra- it's a train. <laughs> oh. The actual race is not. Oh, what kind of race is this? 300 bucks to get in the race, too. I don't, I don't, I don't run. Nick, can you pay me? <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm up, so I'm up to, like, close to four miles, which is more than... Close to four? Four miles more than I ever thought that okay. I could run. You didn't run cross-country oh. or anything? Hell no. I, like, would be like... Coach, I have a migraine. I have to sit out a PE class. Like I never ran the mile at all. Kay makes running, a run for the border. Running's awful. You walk into these <laughs> running it. classes, yeah. and I'm thinking like, this is what people should have to go to when they break the law. Like you, oh, like misdemeanor. Painful. You litter. You do it's whatever. Punishment. You should go have to You're run right. a run class. But yeah. anyway, Kay, I got some advice. Yeah. Don't don't do the 13.1 sticker. Are you familiar with that? They're <laughs> everywhere that? in California. I'm not familiar oh, with man. anything. What is that? Okay, so runners, those people you talk to in that cult or that religion. They all show up with their marathon swag on. They got all the swag. It's like, yeah. They keep their bibs from the past race, which is the number that you wear. That I knew. And in California, it's everywhere. When you run a marathon, you get a sticker, or you can buy one that says 26.2, and they put it on the back of their car, and then they put five, six, seven of them. There's people who put 13.1 stickers, If too. I ran 13.1 miles, I'd get a tattoo. 13.1, because we <laughs> right. know that's not happening. Don't get the sticker. I like the guy who's the smart ass. He has the sticker that says, like, same font, same print, everything. It's like, 10 feet to the TV, or, you know, like, 5 <laughs> feet to the refrigerator. Yeah. That's the smart ass. I love that. Don't do the 13.1. Oblivious to marathon and marathon people, I did a drunk 5K turkey trot once in Chicago. Okay. Did not run the entire thing. Stopped several times to take selfies. So I thought that, I, in my head, it was just an extended version of that. This is so serious. Yeah, I want to do something legit, like okay. that. Being that I played and I missed all those things like that, I would love to... Like, like I heard about the Santa thing out here, Santa oh. Con. But I heard it's crazy. Like people Step are disgusted. They're disgusted. Wait, Nate, They're disgusted you want to go, go to a Santa Con? I want to do that. I want to do a pub crawl. I've never done any of those things. Okay. Santa Ever. Con is the worst thing about New York City. Okay, but what's Santa different than the, the, the turkey trot? Are like, is there a different type of like pub crawls? For the and all these? I just want to give a quick. I want to do one of those with you guys. One of the first things that Peter and I bonded over our yeah. hatred. Yeah. I think it was day one. I was like, what's Santa Con? First Saturday of of December. Every person in New York City, ages 21 to 25, slash Bridge and Tunnel, New Jersey, or Long Island, or Connecticut, or Westchester, descends upon New York dressed as Santa Claus. And the objective is to do a pub crawl, but by 1 o'clock... You have the sloppiest, the drunkest. We're the talking one a.m. one p.m. One p.m. It's a daytime thing, and I have been in Dwayne Reed's shopping for like you know uh, it could be uh, cereal, cereal in garbage bags, having drunken girls with vomit all over them, dressed in Santa <laughs> outfits, slurring. You sell Grey Goose, you know, like it is, it is, it is. And more Fireball. Now, granted, <laughs> Nate, yeah, Ghost Loggers. Nate, if you were twenty-one to twenty-five and single, I can imagine it's probably a good time. A lot of slutty Santas. Terrence was like, no. Kay said it. A lot of slutty Santas? I said it, and it's true. Oh, the 21-year-olds must like it Like, Union Square on that day is insufferable. My only knowledge of it is every year... Barstool does a roundup of the fist fights that break out oh, at Santa that's Con. There's aspect. always some guy Violent. who's asleep in a gutter who just got his lights punched out in a Santa costume, which is not a good look in life. So, oh, no, man. the half marathon is nothing like Santa Con. <laughs> that's why okay. I laughed. It's so facto. All right. Okay. She's running for a cause. <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, I'm confused. Wasn't that kind of sweet, though, the way Nate brought that up? That, like, I missed out on some things in life. Like, I've never been to a bar crawl. Have you, have you ever tailgated? You ever done that type of I thing? I did that for the first time last year. When I, I was playing for the network. Vikings, making millions of dollars. I missed out on a $5 beer night. I don't want to say like that, it's just that being that I'm young and you know I'm, I'm kind of a clown of a guy. I'm, I'm a dude's dude. Like I, I looked at all these things that people would do, and I'd be like, man, I wish I had been to a tailgating experience. I, I hear about these pub crawls. I want to go. I want to go to Caravana in Toronto or these carnivals over in Rio. I, I hear about these things. I just Burning never. Man. Yeah, yeah. I do want to go to Burning no, Man. You no, you don't. You don't. You really do not. Listen, it's in Nevada, right? Uh, yeah. Okay, and I went to school in Rio, so I heard about it, but. Uh, I kind of want to lose Burning my mind. Man. I want to lose my mind a little bit. You might never come back. I yeah. have a little bit of a hippie in me. Okay, yeah. is that all right? A lot of hippie in you there. I do. I want to go. Have you been to a Yankees game? No. Why don't we start there? You were in the hat. You're in New York. Let's all go to a Yankees game. Yeah. Right. We'll start there. You just you just brought me down. I'm okay. just saying. Uh, all right. I'm in on Burning we're Man. Listen, I can't get on a treadmill in one thirteen point one miles. Yeah. You can't we, go can from nothing go to Burning Man. Yankees Let's game. Step by step here. Yankees game. Turkey trot. Yeah. Okay. Turkey trot doesn't sound that bad, but it's still the same thing, right? Five. You get drunk on a holiday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's talk about Tony Romo, guys, for a little bit. And I, are we, have we hit Romo exhaustion yet? <laughs> yeah. A little bit. We got in, in reinvigoration yesterday. We're six hours in. Yeah. As far as the air, we had two shows so far about Tony Romo, and uh-huh. it's settled in. Obviously, uh-huh. I'm more interested now in his transition. Right, his transition into broadcasting. What's like the pulse of of the sports world on this, as far as a media perspective, Peter? 
Twitter really uh, wasn't a huge fan of Phil Simms, so I feel like, you know, from whether it's the Richard Deitch you know, columns or whatever else, the sentiment out there was that it was time for a replacement. Everyone always thought it was going to be like Peyton Manning, but it's Romo. And what I think what everyone's shocked about in the media world, talking to like different people at different networks, is just what a huge platform they're giving him year one. Like, I think there's no question he could be the number one analyst at CBS and do a great job, but it's unprecedented to be. Wait, put- there's no question he can be? He can do it. Saying the possibility. Yeah, that there's a chance that he could be really great at this. Okay. There's also a chance he could fail. Sure. I'm not wishing it upon him. I'm just sure. It's looking at both sides of the coin. Essentially, a lot of guys come out of retirement. Let's take John Lynch, for example, and he wasn't the same stature of Tony Romo celebrity-wise, but John Lynch started as the sixth uh, color commentator, did eight games, then did 16 games the second year. Phil Simms uh, you know, had years at ESPN and whatever, and then even Aikman over there at Fox. Work your way up the ranks. Started NFL like Europe. NFL Europe, right? Yeah, and then was in a three-man booth with Collinsworth, then was in Dick Stockton, and then when John Madden stepped away, he took the job. So it's just unprecedented, and it's not just the Sunday game. It's the three playoff games, yeah. including the AFC Championship game. It's the Thanksgiving game. And the biggest which thing the is— the Cowboys will be in, which will be great. Yeah, and the biggest thing is that Thursday package. So it, it went from being kind of a nice, relaxed— opportunity on for me what I thought he was going to do like the number two crew at Fox or something to now there's a big stage a lot of pressure trial by fire and right like, into it. and like you've never done it so in any profession I think that's an interesting challenge in fact it is an interesting hire obviously I'm excited for it because what if he's great and different and it's it's totally different dynamic a new storyline for the season what's the toughest part of that job for for him or somebody like him that you've heard in your experience of knowing these guys it's different than the studio so Nate Nate and I could talk about it both I think um Nate, you did color games for the Lions, I believe, but it's, you know, you're you're in that booth. It's different than in the studio. Studio, it's what's your opinion. It's scripted a little bit. It's like we have a production meeting. Football happens, and it's not like the Mike Tyson quote. Like, you get punched in the mouth. Like, you've got to be ready. Everybody has a plan until they get hit. Yeah, so let's That's say. That's exactly what it is. Let's say, you know, every play, there's a producer in his ear. Okay, go to, they've got eight cameras. Let's go to replay seven. Tony, take us through it. Replay four. Tony, take us through it. That's the producer talking. That's the producer in his ear while he's watching, and in, he could be off mic saying, hey, I want, I want replay three. I want the rear angle. I don't want to watch the, the sideline angle. I want this angle. It's a lot of communication. Guys, I. I Guys struggle that first year, so it's going to be really interesting. I think John Gruden did NFL Network before he came to ESPN. Um, but from all accounts, and John Oran said it on our show, all of these network executives were blown away by Tony Romo from Fox to NBC to CBS. He kind of had the pick of his litter, but I don't think anyone because expected it. Because of his personality, he said, which yeah. I thought was interesting yeah. as well. And the, I think one thing with like the Collinsworths and stuff, they're so prepared that I think he will, you know, I always say nobody's going to outwork me, right? So I think that he'll probably put in as many hours and be as prepared. But of like, course. that's stuff that you just learn by experience, right? So he's going to have to, that's, a, I don't know, those are some big, and, yeah. and if, those are some if, big, big job. I don't know. That's wild to me. I um, Listen, I think this is a great topic that athletes go into <clears> media because there's a long history of athletes thinking they can just do it. Yep. And, and I've seen a lot of that. I'll, I'll tell a little blind item story. Okay, I used to work on a show on ESPN. So let's talk about a studio show, which is easier than the big live show. Yeah. And when I would work with Jim Rome's Bernie, and Jim Rome would take vacation, we'd have athletes come in and guest host. One day we had an athlete who is a very, very famous wide receiver, and I'll write his name down for you guys. But he came in. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, he, here, I'm, I'm, hold, I'm yep. holding the name up for these guys. <laughs> I see it. He came in. I assume that for some a, a reason. A heavily scripted show with a lot of your own thoughts and a lot of teleprompter. And then you conduct an interview. You do a panel segment. It's really like a combine because you do every single type of segment. And the guy was not communicative on email at all. I'm trying to produce him. Here's the thought. Maybe she'd have a take <laughs> You're here. You're sending I'm, him emails. I am. I'm sending him takes and not responding, not responding. He shows up the day of, of a live show on ESPN in the afternoon. This is about 2008. And I said, hey, man, like, how are we feeling about the show? Yeah, man, I'm good. I'm good. Listen, I'm a gamer. I'm a baller. I know football. <laughs> I, I know you know football. I played the game. Did you get to look at the scripts that I wrote for you? No, I'll just read it, man. I'll just read it. And if I, if I don't read it, I'll just go freeform. Oh, I'm like, boy. You, you can't go freeform <laughs> in the middle of a thought about Barry Bonds. It's outside of your sport. And he goes, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I'm like, how about the panel segment? We have two writers coming. We have Drew Sharp from Detroit, the late Drew Sharp. We have uh, whoever it is, Tom Friend is coming in. Did you look at the questions? You know their background. How are you going to have this conversation about Alex Rodriguez? I'm good, man. We're just going to talk. We'll just talk. I'm a game day (laughs) player. This is live. Live, 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 live. And so where it's like, you know, we do a live show. Five minutes to go. I'm talking to this guy again. Please read through the scripts. <laughs> this guy has not read the scripts yet of the things I wrote him. This is long teleprompter copy for eight minutes. 
It was the worst thing I've ever seen. Was it amazing? It's the worst thing. It's worse than I could have ever expected. I can't believe it's not worst on YouTube. Worst thing on television? Because he's just, two seconds into the live read in the, in the opening, it's just gone. He's off prompter, just talking. He's off the reservation. They're running B-roll over things he's not even talking about. He's looking at me off set like, what is this? In the middle of a live segment, we get through it, and, I'm, and I go out, and I go, dude, how you doing, all right? He's like, yeah, man, I thought it was pretty good. I'm like, <laughs> Sounds, we got three like, more sounds like me. <laughs> Meanwhile, the stage manager is going, we're back in 60. Tom Friend and Drew Sharp are sitting down here. And the guy goes to me, so what are we talking about here? I'm like, we're talking about Barry Bonds. He's on Capitol Hill. talking. You know, we're, This is a major yeah. serious. Here. The dumpster is on fire. Right. So my point is, I don't know how we got through that show. The network notes were very strongly worded. He did not host the show again. And uh, he has worked in media since. And everybody knows him. But... He thought he could show up and just play ball and wing it and play Sandlot. And but you know Tony's not going to do that. No way. He, Tony, Tony, Tony Romo is way smarter. Yeah. So there's a great tradition of athletes thinking they can. Tony's yeah. going to prepare his ass off, but still, it's hard. Yeah, it's really hard. I, I'm not saying that athletes don't do that anymore. We don't see it as often because they understand the stage is here, but they also understand that there's so much money in TV and having a post-career in TV that you don't see guys just coming in and freestyling as much as you do. Now, it still happens. I mean, over the last couple of years, you know some guys that have been at ESPN, been at the NFL Network, that will come in, show up, and they didn't do their, their studying, and it shows on camera. That's the one thing I learned a long time ago. You only fake it for so long before mm-hmm. people start to realize that you're BSing them on TV. Yes. Okay, so now take that preparation for the studio show where you're memorizing names. Maybe. And now throw out the Arizona Cardinals was Jacksonville Jaguars. You have three no, days to prepare. And the play breaks so, out, and the quarterback goes down, and the backup quarterback's in, and you don't know exactly who Chad Henney is. Or I mean, he needs to memorize every roster. Listen, so, Stryker, around 2013, uh, 2012, I went to the broadcast boot camp. And, you know, I'm confident as ever. What is the broadcast boot camp? The broadcast boot camp is something that they offer um, – through the NFL, if you have any aspirations of being in TV in any capacity, whether it's production, uh, writing, or being in front of the camera, you can go there and basically learn about the craft of being an on-air personality. Now, they offer all types of boot camps throughout the, through the NFL. I went with the broadcast one. Now, I, I walked in thinking, that, you know, I, I'm clever, and I, I, can, I can make anybody laugh after a game, and yeah. I'm the honest one when we don't play well. And I will always give the, the publications some, something to hold on to. And I, I thought these are my strengths. I'm the same guy that walks into all these networks every offseason, and whether I do fantastic or I do just okay or even I don't do well, they pat me on the back because that's what you do with most football players. Good yep. job, good job, good job. Yep. So I had all these kind of like, like false ideals of myself going in. Now, there were some strengths that I had. I, I am good in radio because I can be very descriptive when I talk. Um, I, I can write my own script. And we had, a, we had a segment where they set us up to write our own script and read the prompter. I did okay in that. We did one-on-one interviews. I did okay with that. Live TV. I'm comfortable with live TV. There's one day in the camp where they do color commentating, and I wasn't prepared for it. They even gave me There's no the way game. to prepare for it. They gave me the game the night before. I gave everybody the game. And they had it on camera. They said, okay, we're going to set you up with somebody that does it on Sundays during the season, and you're going to have this game. It's going to be this half. Go for it. Being a typical athlete. Knowing what the scripts are. You could watch it. You can memorize it. I I, I skimmed over the roster thinking, I kind of know these guys. I played against them. I should be good. Uh, I think I remember this game. I'm good. I've listened to guys on TV. I can do color commentary. I walk in, confident as ever. Halfway through broadcast boot camp, killing it. They start the cameras. They start the game. I'm getting alley-oop softballs, and I am blowing it because the pressure of the moment, and this was not at all live. I didn't know how to put the ball in the hoop when the layup was thrown right in front of the rim. What do you He's, mean? What was, I don't know what that well, means. Well, like being a color commentator, like I, I'm not the guy that sets up the play, so we had a professional in there to say, No, I know, oh, but like, give me an example. Why couldn't you do it? Like, What is it? I've never been in that position before. Huh. It's a lot different than being in studio. It's a lot different than having casual conversations. Hand off three yep. yards as a tackle, yeah. and it's now yeah. third and six. Nate, what do you got? Yeah, and, and it's, hey, No one right. cares about your take on Kaepernick. No one cares. No one, no one cares. And then there's the subtleties of being able to – Describe the play, um, not be over dramatic. You can't In like use the one same sentence. Words. Every every catch can't be fantastic. You can't say fantastic every time. And and then on top of that, you have to know when to lay out. Like you have to you have to let it breathe. And I'm sitting there. Do I keep talking? Well, silence. Silence means I got to talk. I keep talking. They keep talking. And I'm just blowing it. And then afterwards, looking at myself was cringeworthy. And I had to figure out what do I want to do. For so long, I stayed away from any opportunities to do color commentating because it wasn't my strength. And I try to excel in all the strengths that I have. 
Then I got the opportunity to do the color commentating for the Detroit Lions, three preseason games. My agent called me, said, hey, Fox wants you. I know you're working with the network. The network said they'll let you go. It's great for you in the brand, in the league. Do you want to do it? Initially, I didn't want to do it. But I've always told myself, you've made a living about of being uncomfortable and pushing your own limits. And if you don't do this, you're a coward and you're an absolute liar to the kids that you say, get outside your comfort zone. So I did it, and I studied my when was ass this? off. This, this was season? two years ago. Okay. And it was a preseason, so I, a lot of these young guys I didn't know. And the preseason, there's like seems like 700 people on the team. It's yep. hard. Um, so and you're trying to study these like names. feels like it's six hours. And you want to you wanna give these guys just do. You don't want to just go into the second half saying, all right, now it's time for me to tell stories because I'm scared to say this guy's name because I'm scared to do my studying. Mm-hmm. And I did well. I performed. I slayed the dragon that I struggled with within this realm of being on TV. So I say all that to say this. It's not easy. I mean, this is a difficult job. I have a little bit of anxiety being a coworker of his and being part of his fraternity and wanting him to do so well. I, you know, I'm, I'm feeling it because it, there's a lead-up to this, and there's high expectations. You're not just coming in, like Peter said, fourth string, third mm-hmm. string. I was big time, baby. You were started with the Dallas Cowboys. And he's used now to that. He's used to having, being criticized but and it's, stuff it's like so that. Di- it's so different. And even though it's the funny, pressure, the pressure of being a Dallas Cowboy – has to be bigger than anything I could imagine. But the pressure of being live on TV and knowing that people are not just leaning on the game to tell the story, they're leaning on the voices to make the story I was, more clear. I was on t- like Twitter, I was coming back at me because I said it was so difficult. And someone tweeted back at me and said, this is a guy who was an undrafted player who walked right onto the field with the Cowboys and started for 14 years in Dallas. He can sit and talk into a microphone. My response would be to that, no, he actually backed up Drew Bledsoe for three and a half years and had Bill Parcells coaching him in that room. And it's not just sitting and talking to wrong. a microphone. And, yeah, he, he played college football. He played college football and high school football. In all respect to the greats, Emmitt Smith tried to sit and talk to a microphone. Uh, I saw Tim Hardaway, the crossover on the sideline for the NBA, try to sit and talk in front of a microphone. So I just, it's not as easy. I just not, now think. figured out what I want for my birthday. It's for you, you three to go through a color commentary situation, and I get to watch it. No, we would kill it. I we would, would kill it. I would It'd love be a good to three man see, booth. Yeah, we're I, professional. No, I want to see you guys like individually with somebody like, <laughs> doing the same, and I want to grade you. I think That's we'd be okay. Great Sounds together. like a segment. You would be ridiculous. <laughs> Listen, um, Kyle, can you do play by play? I've never done it. Listen, the only time... Great voice. Dulcet tones. Thank you. The first time I ever did highlights was on NFL Network in the summer of 2015, <laughs> and they had a one-time fill-in at NFL Highlights HQ. are terrifying, I Very think. Very terrifying. NFL HQ, and we need a guest host. You've done highlights before, right? Oh, yeah, I've done highlights. Yeah, no problem. I've never done highlights ever. <laughs> I don't know what a shot sheet is. I walk out, and I'm sitting there with Daniel Jeremiah and Fabiano and LeVar Arrington, preseason highlights. I remember vividly it was, it was a Saints game. First thing comes up, I think I'm ready, and it's a completion to Benjamin Watson. And I, and I, because it's preseason, you don't have two sets of eyes. No, you don't. How do they need to look at the shot sheet and the TV? It's so hard. Awful. And it's live, and I'm going, and a breeze uh, complete to Jimmy Graham, uh, Jimmy Graham in for a big year, you know, like just awful, awful, like boom goes the dynamite level (laughs) disaster. I think it was a four-hour show and all highlights of me, and this is the first segment. (laughs) I don't bring it up to some of myself. My, my, My thought is, Hey, you know, I, I watched Chris Berman. I watched Dan Patrick. I've That's watched it. guys do highlights. I know football. I'll just have some funny lines and some movie references, and I'll be off the run. No, it is hard, and it yeah. goes fast. Does he it's need to fast. hit the preseason and be perfect? No. Look, Kyle said he struggled for yes, four he hours. Kyle's one of the strongest highlight readers I know Thank you. Yeah. Uh, in the game, yeah. right? Like, he, you did it for our show, and it's original. It's done well. Yeah. yeah. Could, no, look, Kyle's great. I and he wasn't him. great in the beginning. So what right. if by the by mid-season to or maybe like no, maybe he maybe right out the gate. Maybe season. right out of the gates. I'm hoping right out of the gates. Peter, you're you were tough on him for not taking takes in his teleconference that was yesterday. That was I, I honestly felt that way. Again, <laughs> I think he'll maybe be great. Maybe don't be so hard on him. And if he and yeah. I think people will come and be like, You're jealous he's not at Fox. If he was at Fox, I'd be all in his corner also. Like I'm rooting for this. I want him to be great. I yeah, feel you're like, not like that. I, I actually have no like ill will, but we, we get on this conference call, and the first question is, well, what do you make of the Texans quarterback situation? And he goes, ha, ha, uh, I'm going to pass. Uh, you know, let the GM I wish I was the that. GM. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wish I was the GM. And, like, moving on. And, you know, look, Bob Raceman from the Daily News and Phil Mushnick are on this call. This is not, you know, softball city anymore. This isn't going to be, hey, look. And, wait. and that's what he has to be careful of. Your first year out, you want to handle. Those calls come out quick. You want to handle everything with kid gloves as a, as a former player because you're like, this is my family. i got to protect my family, the players. Mm-hmm. But people at home are saying, quite frankly, you know, F your family. We want you to be honest. Yes. You're, you're, being, you're net, being paid $6 you're being to $8 paid million, to be dollars, honest. whatever it is. I don't know. but Somebody had to tell me that my first year at NFL Network. Nate, you can't protect all of them. So why don't you just stop 
protecting them. And be honest, they'll respect you more when they see an offseason if you're honest about your Do NFL your players see it as a transition or more of like a heel turn? Like, do they see it as like us versus them or do they see it as – I think studio and play-by-play – and you tell me, it's probably different. If he's it's calling different. games, there's no – he never has to come out and do a Give take on Kaepernick on the national anthem. Or he'll right. never have to speak about right. you know, how he feels about Jared Goff versus Carson Wentz necessarily. Unless, unless it identifies to. with that particular game. Yeah, he's, right. he's narrating a game and offering his insight, which – you know, it's funny. It's such a little thing, but David Carr was working uh, the Combine for NFL Network. And, look, of all the studio work I've seen David Carr at, I, I, you know, fine, great. He's good. It's fine. Like, I'm watching Total Access. One note on the Combine coverage, he was doing Deshaun Kaiser, and he was working with the quarterbacks, and he's like, if you watch Kaiser's foot, it's a little bit different when he throws it each time. There's no consistency in his footwork. That would alarm me. And I'm like, ding, that's it. That that's totally something. Like that's, that's insight. That's that good. Is, that that's, is good. I can't get that from someone else. And yeah. I can't get so with the with the enemy hmm. thing, I think it's a lot of the hot take stuff we see in the studio. I, I don't think players necessarily although they you tell me, Nate, they watch the games back. If a guy's critical of someone, I'm sure it burns them. But I think they're much yeah. rather upset with a skip Bayless saying, Hey, LeBron James sucks. You there, know, like there, was a, deals. there was a moment that I was upset with Collinsworth. Uh you know, he was very critical of the wide receiver group one game and I thought to myself, wait, wait, wait a minute, who is this guy? So now I look up his stats and, you know, being young and, and being full of myself, I said, wait, I was way better than him. Like, who, who is he to talk okay. about me? But then I had to realize, oh, he's only being honest. Like, why are you uh-huh. getting in your feelings? Like, it, it, you would respect this man uh, to be honest and to fluff your pillow. So uh, ever since then, I had to kind of check myself. Guys do get in their feelings, but I think the guys that are established veterans – they can appreciate, uh, you know, an analyst or anybody, a color commentator that can be honest. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting. We're all in this corner. We're all excited. But this is not going to be easy. This is the beginning of a very, very tough job. And people are going to be very critical. Mm-hmm. Chris uh, is, is renowned for being one of the best. He wins every year best analyst. He's also critical. And that's a part of it. Phil was critical. That's why people honest. Like Chris. He's honest. And he's that's honest. Why, and that's why people say he's good. And, and Aikman's critical. Aikman will come out and he'll comment on Tony Romo if he's not playing well in the game. So, look, I, I don't know. I don't watch college hoops, but I put the question out there on Twitter yesterday. I said, "Look, Grant Hill went straight from the court to the thing. Is he good?" And everyone wrote back, eh, "He's nice. Like he hasn't said anything, but he might be good. I don't know." But very smart. Looks very good. Very famous. But what's memorable, on. right? Like saying things. So Vanilla when Hyatt. I ask, when they ask Romo about the quarterback situation, and he kind of laughs it off, a day in, I don't care when. I, I kind of need a little more out of that. Chris Sims, he'll be a guy to see something and say, that's a terrible pass. What is he doing? What, what, what's, he has no hands. Okay. Like, this guy needs to go to the sideline. We need somebody else. You Chris need to replace or Phil? Him. Chris, Phil, Chris, whoever. for sure. We have, we have honestly, yeah, Chris, for sure. I don't, I, don't know if I, see, I don't know if I see Romo saying, that's a terrible pass. Nate, that's why I get fired up with the idea of Jay Cutler in the booth. I, that's the one that <laughs> fires me up because – We just threw that I out of the I know. I, it's hypothetical. I, I look at Tony Romo's with CBS, the Tiffany Network. I think he's interested in being sort of a media darling and being uh, hugged by everyone. Jay Cutler, I can see him here being like, I don't know what this guy's doing. It's a terrible pass. I, I look back to the, the glory days of Monday Night Football, like the 70s and Don Merritt. The stuff they would say was crazy. How like Cosell. Very incendiary things. Yeah. And I can see Cutler potentially being a throwback to that. I don't know if he's doing it, but I'd turn in for Cutler. Uh we want to tell us Bennett be good in the booth. We're going to get to him in a second. Talking about players getting into their feelings. To, uh, but first, whether it's a first or seventh round pick, drafting the right player is the key to success. That six foot four wide receiver or a speedy edge rusher can take a team to new heights. We all know that. And the same goes for your business or your department. Finding the right fit, the right talent makes all the difference. When you need to hire, where do you go to scout talent? You can't find top talent by posting your job to just one site. No, you need to post your job on all the top job sites, and now you can with ZipRecruiter. With ZipRecruiter, instantly distribute your job to 200-plus job boards across the web, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with one click. ZipRecruiter then identifies potential candidates and notifies them about your job in a matter of minutes. No more countless hours searching. ZipRecruiter does the searching for you. You can select, screen, rate candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy to use dashboard and find the right fit fast. Don't get stuck without the right lineup. Discover today why ZipRecruiter has been used by Fortune 500 companies and hundreds of thousands of small and medium-sized businesses. Right now, guys, you can kick off your hiring on ZipRecruiter for free. For nothing, you can go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Blitz, B-L-I-T-Z, ZipRecruiter.com slash Blitz. Try it for free today, ZipRecruiter.com slash Blitz. Now let's get to Marty Bennett. That was good. Yeah, that zip them up. Marty okay. B, zip it out. you're talking about what? 
Can I, before we get to Marty B, can I pose one question? Go can on. Can I play Peter Schrager real quick? Tony Romo, he's the hot topic of conversation. Seems like he's writing his own ticket in any booth. He found one in CBS. Uh, we're talking about him like he's a Hall of Famer. We know that he is a really good quarterback in this league, a great cowboy quarterback. But I ask you if Tony Romo has the same numbers for the Bills or the Jaguars or any, I would say, average team, will he be working in a booth and will be hot topic of conversation no. right now? No. Um, yeah, maybe. Is, is it the star? Be... Is it the star? Because the I, Cowboy... I, I've been honest with you guys. I always want to play for the Patriots because you could win a ring. I want to play for the Cowboys because I could be a superstar. Mm-hmm. Is, is the star on his helmet the reason why he has no. found his way into the booth and is he the reason why we're because that's shortchanging Tony? It, what it is is it's a combination of all of it. It's he's been on national television so much that he feels like he's a, maybe a, a a friend of the family. Like we've seen him. Your for mom 10 knows years. who he is. Yeah. He's been on Thanksgiving every year. He's been on you know four o'clock Fox every. He's been on Sunday night. So you feel like it, if he's not on the Cowboys, he's not getting those opportunities. But he's made the most of those opportunities, for playing sure. great and being great with the media. But if he's a Bengal and he's on. Primetime twice a year, it's, it's a little more difficult. Same stats? Boomer Esiason went to Super Bowls. That's why I think he had that opportunity. He was such an outlaw, and he was a New York guy. Blonde hair, cool name, celebrity endorsements. New York yeah. helped. Yes, exactly. I, I, listen, we, we keep talking about the scenario about Romo coming out of the booth and going back to play again. The one I'm really interested in is what happens a lot when the guys go into the media, and I've seen this with producers who I love and respect, but they take a guy and they immediately want them to talk about their former team. Like, that's gold. Because especially if it's negative. We saw what happened with Tiki Barber. Oh, yeah. Burn the bridge fast. He's gonna, he was supposed to be – Tiki's had a nice career. He still does. But he was going to be the Uber star. Like, still hasn't recovered with and the And he Giants said some fans. things about the Giants, and they never forgive him. Peter, you remember it. The first thing they did was, Tiki, you got to talk about the Giants because that's good content. And we've seen other guys do it. It was hot take city for him. Yeah, I just retired, and my team started 0-2. Let's just take him to flames. And they don't even want to do it, but they're new to the media. They don't really know maybe what they're saying sometimes, and the producer's pushing them. I want to know about Romo if either Dak gets out slow, or the best-case scenario is calling a Cowboys game, and Dak throws a couple early picks, bad passes. And Jim turns to Tony. What are his weaknesses, Tony? What do you think? What do you think of that pass? Why is he struggling? Tony can't dodge it. Exactly. You know him. You played him. Why does he throw that pass? What, what, what's with that turnover? And by the way, Peter, you also talk about those production means beforehand. So Tony's going to be in a room with yeah. Garrett and with Dak and just chatting on up about the game? On Thanksgiving. I mean, how's that going to go? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, you say certain guys are more open, certain guys are closed. That's an awkward meeting. That's a great and, point, KB. Hey, you play with Dak Prescott. How do you stop Dak? Mm-hmm. Where's his weaknesses? If you wanted to rattle him, how would you rattle him? Mm-hmm. Can he answer that question uh-huh. honestly? Because I'm listening as a fan. Give me something, Romo. Job. Don't dodge it. Why would it? Why wouldn't he answer it honestly? What does he have to? He gets to want to burn. He wants to be able to walk in Dallas and still be that guy. Mm-hmm. Look, I'll, I'll say Aikman. Aikman's pretty candid about the Cowboys, which I think a lot of people like. It's refreshing. He goes on that local radio station. He'll call out Jerry Jones sometimes yeah. and say like, "Hey, I, I don't, I don't support the Greg Hardy, you know, stuff." Like, is Tony willing to do that? Don't you think Aikman's playing with a different hand? Like, I, I think Tony Romo for a lot of people is low hanging fruit. Like Trey Aikman is Teflon. He won all the Super Bowls. He's the cool guy. He's been doing it forever. Tony Romo has been a punchline for years, for right or wrong. And I feel like the first time he messes up a name in a call, or the first time he he's does something be a awkwardly, the whole season, for yeah, one hundred percent, he is. I mean, look, exactly is he though? I don't know because Twitter used to pick on Phil Sims, and they got their way. Mm-hmm. This is what Twitter. If you look at Twitter as an amoeba, it, it wanted Sims out of the booth. And now, whether Romo was the guy they wanted, or they wanted you know Jeff Van Gundy or whoever, like mm-hmm. the or Charles Barkley. They've got someone new. I don't see Richard Deitch, uh, like the sports media guys, and Oran and all these guys bashing Romo right out of the gate. I just don't. I think there's going to be some leeway, and I think Twitter will follow with that. I don't think Romo. Mm-hmm. Twitter on Tony Romo is the most polarizing Twitter that there is, I think. I, I, well, give me another one. Tom Brady, maybe. Tim Tebow, Twitter. It doesn't make sense to me that Tony Romo, it's, it's polarizing. It's it's. Blue cheese. That's you either love Oysters. it or you hate it. Tom Brady, even people I think react to less than Tony Romo, and I don't. It doesn't make. It doesn't compute. I don't think anybody is ever going to have this much anticipation for their first call. I mean, look, I don't care if that first game is Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady. Right. The quarterback people are going to be tuning in to see is Tony Romo. It he is. didn't even win a Super Bowl. I know. And we're anticipating it like crazy. And I don't know. I, Peyton I think Manning. that says a lot about him, though. Like you said. Yeah, yeah, and his marketability. I don't yeah. know Peyton Manning, but. Uh, I think one of the reasons, and again, this is me assuming, one of the reasons Manning didn't want to jump right into the booth was maybe that he didn't feel he was necessarily that was his. He was going to fall on his face. 
Peyton Manning's never failed in his he's life. He's friends with Jim Nancer and all those commercials and together. He, they go back years. He was the face of the AFC for 15 and years. And he's a bigger name than Tony Roman. He's Didn't a bigger he brand. Did he out in the booth one time or a couple of times? Last year, week sure. one. It he went was, well, right? It went great. Yeah. yeah but, great story, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was with Colin Probably Michaels. wearing an orange tie and making that up, but I'm probably right. He probably did, okay. He yeah. probably was. was Tony Peyton Manning, I think, was up at the line and surveyed us. Eh, I don't want to call a timeout for a second. It's smart. And Peyton didn't do it. And you know, what John Oran said today, and he's a sports media writer, he said he has no real interest in doing it. You don't think if he coughed one day, I was like, you know what? I'll give if Romo can do it, I can give it a shot. Maybe. These they would they, these that, networks yeah. would roll the red carpet. Romo just got his gig. That front office though is more appealing. Well, he's not doing that either right now. Yeah. He could be negotiating some behind closed doors. I see him doing that before I see him walking into a booth. Because here's the thing: the luxury you have of not being criticized as much in the front office, I think, is worth it. Because when you're trying to call a game you're running the risk of now being in the limelight. You're basically a quarterback again. Everybody's going to break down. Instead of passes and runs and plays made and touchdowns versus interceptions, now it's how you pronounce the guy's name. Did you get the call right? Did harder transition and harder uh, reception of his first year. John Lynch going from the booth to general manager of a Ooh. team or Tony Romo going from the field to being a broadcaster. What's a bigger spotlight? What's got more pressure? And which one will Twitter crap on more if it doesn't work out? <laughs> I- I, listen, the best thing John Lynch has going for him is the, the 49ers were absolutely terrible last year. Yep. And you get a few good players, win a few games. You have so much good will in the bank. I don't know. Based on Twitter, you'd think that Sims, if you put a robot in there, it was going to be better, right? I mean, If they put a camera in front of John Lynch and put him in front of the 30 million people when he's uh, drafting, then he's got problems. Yeah. Until then, Romo. I, look, the nuances of that, the first time Jim Nance says, what do you see here, Tony? Tony goes, uh, well, what I see, they're jump, they're jumping him. They want anything 100%. to do him wrong. He's going to be trending. It's going to be negative. I think Romo's under There's way no more pressure. Yeah. There's nothing. Yeah, it's way more pressure because you know if Romo makes a mistake, the most minute mistake, <laughs> it's on him. Like everybody knows who to point the finger to. Gets a player's name wrong. Happens all the time. The 49ers suck. Like KB said, one they didn't have the season they wanted last year, so you kind of give them a little bit of a leash. But two. If they do play bad, it's not going to go to Lynch. It's going to go to the new head coach. It's a Kyle slow Shannon. bleed. It's a it's, slow it's, bleed. It's Kyle Shannon. It's the head coach. You know anybody who doesn't Always love John Lynch? John no. Lynch's approval rating is like 100%. But even if they lose, it's Kyle Shannon. Love him, win, love him. You're right. And Kyle Shannon could be a fall guy. But like Lynch is such a badass as a player, as a gentleman, everything. Everybody He's loves endearing. Lynch. Love him. And Romo's great, too. But Romo has his shortcomings as a player, and he gets made fun of. Lynch is like, he's Teflon. He's undefeated. I love Lynch. Yeah. Uh, before we move on. Let's talk about the Texans because where does this leave them? Like that's what's fascinating to me. So you might say that Tom Savage is sort of the winner of this in a way because he might be the starter in week one and for this season because I I would imagine that the Texans, Peter, really thought that they were going to get Romo if he was released. Yeah, I think if he was cut. Uh, let go in a proper, you know, early fashion, he'd be the Texans quarterback. And they had to have some move tripping Brock Osweiler out. You know what's weird, Kay? Like. I see in the prompter, I guess I'm being candid right now, and I see in our production meetings, we're like, all right, let's move it to talk about the, the Texans' future. And I could feel myself falling asleep. Like, I could feel like it's a Texans, Tom Savage just doesn't have the sizzle, right? And I shouldn't say that they're, they were, it's a divisional round, and it's a franchise in the league, and it's a good one, and there's 32 teams, and it's one of them. But if you had put Tony Romo in a Texans jersey, they became Super Bowl contenders. And sexier. Yeah. And marketable and fun. And I just feel like it's an opportunity lost because that would have been a cool storyline heading into the season. And now Savage is fine, and maybe there's a good story there, but I feel like <sighs> I'm, I'm going to shoot from the hip here. I think this all worked out for Jerry. Yeah, for sure. I, I think the Texans absolutely blew it. Look, I, I, we don't know the inner workings, but if it was really a matter of Jerry wanted some sweet little draft pick to trade Tony Romo a month ago – well, I hope that the guys that the Texans draft this year in the second and third round turn out to be Hall of Famers because I think if they had sent, let's say, a second rounder off the top of my head, I'm just talking out and of my And that's ass. rich. I don't think that was even – Fine. So let's say, let's say, though, for a sake of comparison, yeah. second rounder, and you get Tony Romo, right. I think they have a great Super Bowl shot. And now they didn't do it. They hung on to that. And I, I hope they draft another J.J. Watt in the second round because that I think they could legitimately have beaten the Patriots this and year. And it would have been Romo. so fun. I, mean, I feel like we're all robbed a little bit of seeing that. Yes. I'm excited to see him in the booth. But hearing you know from from Nate who talked to him at Super Bowl that he's still got something left, hearing his speech and the conviction and the passion in his voice about the fire uh, when he spoke when he took the back seat to Dak, like, I, I would like to see – him get another chance. I'd like to see what else he's gotten. Maybe I know, like, 99%, whatever, right. we might see that. But it's crazy to me that, like, there's just the, the butterfly effect chain reaction of, like, it's. I blame Kellen Moore. Like, uh, Kellen Moore's got to take Dak never something. emerges. Because Tony right. gets hurt, okay, 
Uh, Kellen Moore gets hurt, I like and this. then you this let, seems like a deep dive. Then you let Dak in, right? And then, and then I believe I blame Kellen because now Dak we're looking comes at and takes over the party. We should find our August eleventh get... show. It was we did a debate: Dak Prescott or Jameel Showers? Who should the Cowboys go with, or trade for Sanchez, which Listen. they did anyway? Mm-hmm. If Kellen Moore doesn't get hurt, Dak doesn't have his rise to success. They don't have the season they do. Romo comes back, takes the job back from Kellen right. Moore, and he's behind this amazing offensive line, making those throws to Terrence Williams on the regular. It was like Romo. It, it was Kellen like Romo. I blame you too. It was like Romo's party for getting hurt. And now we got no Romo, and we got <laughs> yeah. Tom Savage starting. So it's pro- so watch what what happens. They draft Patrick Mahomes of Texas Tech, and he leads them to the Super Bowl, to the AFC Championship. Here's a hypothetical: If the broadcast booth wasn't available to Romo, say he was a you know he just wasn't that stature and it wasn't the number one job, is he playing for the Texans? Mm. Let me, well, let me answer, not if it's let me about his family question. and health. So we were talking Tom Savage earlier in the show, and. I was just going online to try to get a pulse on uh, what people are saying, what the team is saying. And obviously, these are all writers, some with very, uh, you know, different opinions. But it says uh, Texans remain focused on Tom Savage. Texans comfortable with Tom Savage as a starter. Tom Savage could earn starting gig. The man for now, Tom Savage. That's a rousing headline. You know, in listening to people talk, and I think Bill O'Brien came out and he said, we're real excited about Tom Savage. There hasn't been an overwhelming response from the people surrounding the Houston Texans or even within organizations saying, he is our guy, like convincingly. Now, as a wide receiver, that's what I wanted to hear. When I was getting ready for a season, I wanted to be just as excited about my starting QB as the organization was. So I would pay attention to what was said. I didn't care about what they were saying about me. The offseason, I was focused on what my team was saying about my QB because that gave me an indication Hmm. who was the number one guy, who was next up and who was third? Well, they need a next up because Tom Savage hasn't proven that he can stay in the field, exactly. which is why whoever their backup is, if it's Patrick Mahomes or whoever is like, you know, there's a good shot he'll play. Yeah, you'll know how a team feels about a person by the way they talk about them to others. It's just like when you're in a relationship. You know how someone feels about their spouse, how they speak about that man or that woman. But is when it all that around. matters, the coach and the team, or does the media matter? Do the fans matter? No, the fans don't matter. The media don't matter because all that matters is how the coaching staff sees Tom Savage. And – could you tell me right now that they are overwhelmingly in love with him? We don't know that. And apparently, if they're not going to trade a third-round pick for him. You're saying apparently. I can ask you if True. the Patriots are in love with Tom Brady, if the Seahawks are in love with Russell Wilson. I know they're different teams and they have a storied uh, past, but th- nobody's coming out saying, Tom is our guy. Okay, Romo's retired. Whatever. But he's our guy. He's going to be our starter. And I'm saying, oh, he can earn a spot. Yeah, if they've only been spot, on a couple there, dates. Then there might be another guy coming in the draft. He can earn a spot because mm-hmm. so can another rookie. Mm-hmm. So uh, to answer your question, I – I don't think that Tom Savage is the definite guy, and if Romo wasn't in the booth, he would be on top of their list, just like he admitted yesterday that he, that the Texans were at the top of his list. Shrake, you did a deep dive on the Texans and the Patriots. Any chance they try to get Garoppolo? I just don't think the Patriots would trade to the Texans because there's so many familiar... Because of the connections? Yeah, I think they would. Then they'll see him in the playoffs. Yeah, there's no way that Belichick would let Garoppolo beat him in a big game. Guys, how about we wrap this up with Martellus Bennett? Yeah. Mm. Go for it. What about him? Hey, what's beef? No, I want to soften it a little bit because here's what happened. Let me give this story. If you're just listening and you could search Twitter, it's not like it's the biggest story. It's not trending or anything. Um, We did a, a segment. Overhaul of the NFC, and it was the most throwaway segment of like, all right, let's fill it in. Let's do what these teams did this offseason. Additions and losses for each division. They lost Jared Cook and they had Martellus Bennett. Put on any news, any sports network, and that segment could be worth. Tell we really like that segment. So in my in my attempt to uh, to spice it up a little bit, I was going to push back on Kyle on one thing because Kyle was like, they brought in Martellus Bennett. He's pretty, you know, good. Blah blah. blah. And the the segment didn't even say the segment wasn't going to come after you. Fine. The segment wasn't even on that. Kyle was saying they got to get some defense. And I just said, Jared Cook was playing really good last year. And although I love Martellus Bennett as a guy and had a great year last year, it might be a downgrade when you had a chemistry between Cook and Rodgers to go from Cook to Bennett. Yeah, which is a great statement. Probably a knock on Martellus Bennett if you're watching and someone says downgrade around next year. Well, yeah. The Twitter thing. For any player, any player, any player, any player here, you downgrade. So I wouldn't, I mean, if you watched the whole clip, you wouldn't think anything of it. The NFL Twitter feed, which I was not tagged on or anything, so I had no idea this was coming from, says, at Marty B, this is a, you know, a quote from me about downgrade with a clip. At Marty Source Rex. <laughs> yeah. And then a downgrade. They're tweeting yeah. it at him. The word down- so, okay, I'm not scared. I said it. If I said it on TV, you got to stand behind it. 
Bennett responds. I'm not scared. <laughs> I, I don't have the team, but he responds with going on pro football reference and listing Jared Cook's stats versus his, and then calling me Fat Jonah Hill. Which you've been called 10,000 times, I've been, and you get I've a kick out that. of I like it. It's fine. I think we're having a good time with it. <laughs> then he follows up with it, and he's like, you know, foolishness, and these guys calling me out. And then today on Instagram stories, I get a text from a friend who works for one of the teams, like, whoa, and Martellus Bennett's using – vulgarity and calling me out national TV. Vulgarity? Who, who are you? Like, you want to motivate me? <laughs> he said on national TV, they... They're, they're da- calling me a downgrade. I mean, God, if that motivates... Put him on the list. <laughs> put him on the list. <laughs> put him on the list. <laughs> what you list? On the list? What you list? You, you know Billy Madison with the lipstick. Yeah, that's horrifying. That's you. What list am I on? Kill yeah. list. The kill list? Yeah. He's going to kill you with his play. Watch your backs, Rager. He's going to kill you with his play. Watch your backs, Jonah. The list. There's like there's like DBs, safeties, linebackers, and now you. List. I thought it was a list of all the like 12 teams he's run through, you know? Oh, see now. That's oh. Now Kyle's right coming. Now. Look, hey, you list. come put Schrager uh. on the list, you're going to be on the list too. All right? Like, <laughs> we, we work together here as a family. So I'm after Jonah Hill. I'm mean, a little bit. Like, I'm not going to call us a puffy show, but I feel like we're the happy show or the nice show. Yes. Not, and for the amount of segments we've dedicated to how great Martellus Bennett is, for that to be the clip. You're actually right. No, I you're mean, right. You didn't say anything bad about Martellus Bennett. In what I picked up, and I'm no fan of Jared Cook, and if he wants to at me, then that's fine. <laughs> oh. Okay, I come worked, at me, bro. There you beef it too. I worked okay. in St. Louis. I saw him with the Rams. This is a guy who has everything that it takes and never fully lived up to his potential. He goes to Green Bay. I remember when that catch happened, mm-hmm. and we were like, wow, Jared Cook, Jared Cook. And I said, no, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, because no quarterback's ever gotten that out of Jared Cook. Mm. So – Okay, that okay. aside, it doesn't. I don't know. You didn't say anything bad about him. You were talking more about the, the word downgrade was tied to him, and that's why he was so. Now, Nate, if I was to say you're such a, the Lions, a over your beef, all right, it. Nate, no, let's I'm do this not. one. Nate, let's do this one. You're out. You're watching it. Lions draft Titus Young. It's an upgrade from Nate Burleson. Someone says it on television. It's a huge upgrade. They finally got that wide receiver spot. Are you focused on the guy on television? Are you upset? Like, what is your Listen, reaction? I've heard that my whole career. Like you don't you don't get sensitive about it. You might here's the thing, you might put them on a list, but you don't go out there and tell people you're putting them on a <laughs> list. On the what list? is the list? Well the list is just like people that you want to prove wrong. Arya uh, Stark has a list. That's yeah. the list Peter's on. I don't want that list. People know the Arya Stark list, you're on the yeah. list. And, 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 and do I call the authorities? I'm on the list. I'm glad that you sounds know. very aggressive. You might, you might want to. I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because that has happened throughout my career when I signed to Seattle. They brought in Deion Branch from New England. It was like, oh, finally, they got a, a good receiver. A real number two. Yeah, a real number two. He's going to be the number one. They got DJ Hackett, Daryl Jackson. Nate, this guy they signed from Minnesota, uh, he's all right. So I just quietly, I read everything that was wrote about me. I listened to it, and I went out there and beat out every dude in front of me. My second year in Seattle was one of the best years of my career. Daryl Jackson and can play. Daryl Jackson can play. He's a baller. DJ Hackett was a baller. Deion Branch was a Super Bowl MVP and champion, and he was one of my best friends on the team, best friend to this day. And I told him, I'm going to beat you out. And I went that offseason and proved to everybody, hands down, hands down is the best receiver. And that's because I had to prove people wrong. Went to Detroit, the same thing. Oh, hey, we got uh, Titus Young. Ryan Finally. Broyles. We got Ryan Boyles. Finally. They're bringing in all these guys. I just beat them out. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't personal. It wasn't personal to them. I, I did these guys into my home. I told them, hey, listen, here's the tools you need to beat me out. Let the best man win. If I beat you out, more confidence in me. If you beat me out, more money for you. That's what it is. Like, I don't care about a list, and I'm not going to get sensitive. Now, surprise, Martellus Bennett is that sensitive. Now, I can't blame him. Everybody's motivated in their own ways. But For I think one thing, one thing you said, though, that kind of sums this all up, is you said all the segments we dedicate to Martellus. Like, he's been underappreciated. Oh, he's been nah. a part of our highlights. We'll we love him. We've, yeah, of course. We've done, we've done segments team. on the Imagination Station. We've we, got Good Morning Football, and then our, our show's secondary alternative title is the Martellus Bennett. Yeah, we, yes. we show Hour. love. With so, appearances by Mark Ed King. And, 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 and <laughs> just like Kay, I didn't <laughs> see Charlie it. Castle. I didn't see it as, hey, Martellus Bennett is garbage. He's washed up. I saw it as, yeah, they're shaking up chemistry to sign a guy um, that just came from a different team in a different That's system. So. But, you know, I'm not mad. Nate, how about the guy who's writing children's books and stuff who's putting Peter on a list? On a list. It's this almost guy. like you went into the factory and imagined that you slighted him. Like, that was this next that, thing. That, and now you're going to have, have a unicorn in your bed He's rapping about Whole Foods you and then putting me on a list. <laughs> right. Nate, do you know him? Can you text him and can you squash this? About Bars are coming next, by are the talking, way. Can you squash Bars? this? Are you talking Whole Foods? Squash? Can you be our middleman? Squash the, fruit, the actual vegetable? Is it a fruit or a I don't vegetable? know. Uh, I, I remember being in various locker rooms. And hey, I don't know. But he's, he's, he puts you on the list. And he's talking about Whole Foods. Maybe he's thinking about giving you an organic ass whooping. I don't know, but I will squash this. <laughs> Grass-fed <right>? ass whooping? <laughs> no, but listen. I do know Martellus. I'm going to get to the bottom of it because – 
you know, you like, have to have my back. I could. I, we could, like to motivate ourselves in different ways. I thought that was a little sensitive, but hey, he was doing squats and he did an Instagram selfie like this guy. No, he didn't even uh, do you. On he the said list. he said the national, national television, television show, show put him on the list, so yeah. we're all included. You got us in beef, man, by association. He wants yeah, to well, catch you outside. Get my back. Now, you, you Tupac in Vegas. I can't even hang out with you because I don't know what's about to happen. Get in the car. See, the, the way that you usually get walk home, do a different route today. You got to change your routes because, oh, you know, you got to do different patterns. Car. You know what I'm saying? I'm on a list. <laughs> you're on the list, man. I can't. I still can't believe that. I love, the, I, I love that you're on the you list. That means respond? he's watching. We At the end of the day, Martellus. He wasn't watching. Yeah, he's just checking watching. his Twitter. He wasn't even watching. <laughs> Martellus, if you watch, you know we love you. Yeah, we love you, buddy. I did love you. Before he got listed. I'm listed. Um, I want listed. him to come in the studio and hash this out at the breakfast table. Uh, we'll bring it would actually be good TV. Bro, our, our guest Booker's like, or someone was like, hey, we, we, got, we got rights to, to play his rap song. I don't want to play his rap song. No yeah. more. No. We want to talk football. You're going to be football. in his rap song. I'm in it already. 67260, I'm sure you could probably take him. Oh, God. <laughs> Anybody have a story? I told my just, story just already. You guys know who it's about. Just oh, yeah, that was, that was a good story. <laughs> Thank you. I'm on the list. I haven't been doing anything lately. I've been chilling. Okay, let's go to the Yankees game. Yeah, I'm down yeah. to go to the Yankees game. All right, let's do it. All right, you guys can download our podcast where? Go to NFL.com slash podcast. Also go to iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. This is GMFB, baby. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.